welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Um, I would like you to turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this is our sixth week teaching on love is the answer. And I know we, we, we said that like four weeks ago. And we said, hmm, I wonder what the question is, right? If love's the answer, what do you think the question is? Well, people have a lot of questions. Why their faith isn't working, why they're not happy, why they have continuous problems with fear, and a lot of other questions. And all these questions I just mentioned and a lot of other questions can be answered in the word love more or more love. And what I mean by that is growing in knowing and believing how much God loves us and growing in loving others is the answer to a lot, a lot of problems in the world today. A lot of reasons why Christians aren't seeing full results in their tithing, in their giving, in their work, in their jobs, in their careers. A lot of reasons why people aren't seeing full results in their praying for this and that. Because without, without love, nothing works. It doesn't work right. Paul said you could have faith to move mountains, but if you don't have love, you are nothing. I guess that would include mountain mover, right? You're not even, you're nothing. So um, some people say, well, when, Pastor, when am I going to be happy again? Answer, immediately, if you want. Because happiness is about what you do for others. It's not about what others do for you. Jesus said happiness has more to do with us loving others than others loving us. So if you want to be happy, good news, you don't have to wait for somebody to do something wonderful for you. True joy and fullness of joy, Jesus said in John 15, comes when we love others, not when they love us. Something comes from heaven when we love others that no thing in this world could ever give us. It's interesting, the Lord said the joy, the fullness of joy, and the satisfaction in life comes from us giving more than receiving. Acts chapter, was it 21? It talks about Jesus said it's more blessed. And one translation said you'll be more happy if you're a giver than just a receiver. And, but this, see, that's so backwards to this world's way of thinking. It's like, no, if I get it, I'll be happy. No, if you give it, you'll be happy. And we're talking about lasting happiness, not, oh, I got my new car, and then two days later, it's just another car. What's the best thing about that new car? One hour before I bought it. <laughs> After that, it was kind of old hat. It's like, stuff can't satisfy. But loving is eternal. And what's really cool is, you know, if something comes in your life and you're happy with it, you won't be happy with it for very long. It'll start to wane. But if you're a giver, now your happiness comes from heaven and that's eternal. I don't know how many times I've gotten out of a grayness or a depression when I purposely did something for somebody that cost me. 
I'm talking hours. Best medication you can ever take is doing something for somebody else. There's been times, I told you what, it was a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, where I, I, there's been times I felt grayness come on me and maybe, you know, I wasn't where I should have been 100% with my Bible reading or, you know, whatever. And there's times I immediately just stopped what I was doing, did something I knew Carla would really, really appreciate, whether it was dishes or laundry, you know, she's on a trip or whatever, and I'm doing these things. I tell you, the grayness lifted immediately within the hour. When I actively did something in love that cost me. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you're really walking in love, you're looking for things to do that you have to put your plans on hold for. Right. That would bless somebody else. Lift a burden. Make somebody happy. Make their day. Yeah. So, so anyway, I wanted to say that, that the, the answer to a lot of people's questions is, is grow in love. Grow in knowing how much the Lord loves you and grow in walking in love toward others and you'll see a ton of problems in your life absolutely fixed by God himself. First yep. Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 8. This is the characteristics of the love of God and Paul sums a lot of it up here. So let's go ahead and read verse from, four, from verse 4 through verse 8 out of First Corinthians 13. King James says, charity, which we know is love. It's agape love. Love suffers long and is kind. <laughs> Hopefully, we're suffering longer and staying kind longer under pressure than we were last year because love is a fruit supposed to be growing. All right, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, doesn't have to. It's not always thinking about itself. It cares more for others than for self. So why would there be any envy problems? You're like glad when other people get blessed, right? Not envious. Why would somebody be envious when somebody else gets blessed? Right. Well, one reason is zero faith that God will do the same for them. Right. Well, well, if you see something really good in somebody else's life, you should go glory to God. God did it for them. He'll do it for me. He's no respecter of persons. He doesn't have favorites. If he did it, you should let everybody's blessings inspire you, not not rub you the wrong way. And, and some people do have a problem with envy. And sometimes interesting scenarios will come their way to show it up. I remember when we got the Corvette from Keith Moore, somebody was concerned that the Corvette would cause people to be envious and that a pastor shouldn't have a Corvette and he should sell it. And, and, and so we realized, no, it was a blessing of the Lord that we got Keith Moore's Corvette. That was a blessing. I'm not going to apologize for a blessing of the Lord. Be inspired. He'll do the same thing for you. We're not special. I mean, we're special, but we're all special. And, and the Lord said, no. He said, he said your red Corvette's not going to make anybody envious. It'll show up envy that's already in them. It may, it may point something out they don't want to see, but your Corvette's not going to make people envious. It's just going to show up envy, and that can be a really good thing because now people know where they're missing it, and now people can fix it if they want to. I thought, okay, Lord, I'll take another one. <laughs> and we got another one. Um, read on. Love does not envy. Love vaunteth not itself. How many of you talk like that today? <laughs> Basically, he's saying love doesn't, love doesn't have a big head. It, it doesn't go around parading itself, trying to impress people. We should be involved in helping people, not trying to impress people. 
And if we're that insecure, we need to get back in the word and pray in tongues for a while and quit being so insecure, right? We don't vaunt ourselves. Say, I don't vaunt myself. I vaunt it not myself. And love is not puffed up, which means similar things. Next verse. Love does not behave itself unseemly. Behave. Hmm. I guess if we're walking in love, we're doing some behaving, right? Love does not behave itself unseemly. Uh, one translation says, love's not unmannerly. And I said this a couple weeks ago, when you get married, you know, sometimes you see that manners just kind of go out the window. Oh, we're married, it doesn't matter. I can, you know, I can just live however I want to live. I'm married, they're stuck with me. Uh, newsflash, they can leave you anytime they want. <laughs> Are you listening to me? And God won't stop them. But no, I think, we should be, I think we should be pleasant. I think we should still court. I think we should still act like royalty. You know, before we were married, you know, it's like you just, you just, you just were at your best. Right? You just at your best. You didn't want to offend your, 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 your date. You didn't want to offend him. You want to just treat him well. But then you get married, it's like, so ah, I can just be like everyone. I want to just slob, be a slob or whatever. You know what? That's actually a violation of love. We should still be opening doors, guys, for our ladies. Are you listening? We should still be saying please and thank you to our spouse. Because love is not unmannerly. Love does not behave itself unseemly. Love seeks not its own. <laughs> no wonder there's no fear in love. Because if you're not thinking about yourself, what's there to be afraid of? So love seeks not it, its own, is not easily provoked, takes a lot to ruffle up somebody who's mature in love. And if they do get angry, they don't sin and they're not angry the next day because they don't ever let the sun go down on their wrath. Yeah. All right, love is not easy, thinks no evil. Now, that's interesting because love not only does no evil, love also thinks no evil. In other words, you gotta kinda get a, and this is in the context a lot of, of how we think about other people, but it can go into other areas. But we gotta make sure we're not thinking wrong about somebody and wrath is building and wrong, you know. No, we should be casting down stuff that we know we shouldn't be thinking about other people. Well, I didn't do it. Well, the Bible says the thought of foolishness is sin. Sometimes you have to repent for wrong thoughts. You didn't even have to get to the action stage according to God. Love thinks no evil. Love rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Keep this in the context of how we deal with people. Love's not happy when other people go wrong. Love is gladdened by truth and goodness. Then it says love bears all things, believes all things. One translation says has unquenchable faith. Uh, hopes all things. Another translation says uh, its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. And love endures all things or endures everything without weakening. And what's the next verse? Love never fails. Wow, now we, we camped on this for a little bit. But I, I want to share a couple things about this. I just, I just shared with you some testimonies. This has happened more than once in my life um, about coming out of a depression, depression or greatness trying to come on me or whatever by simply acting in love. And Isaiah 58 said, these people were in depression. If you read Isaiah chapter 58, it said the people were in depression and they were sick. And the Lord said another prayer was not what they needed. Sometimes prayer don't work. 
when something else needs to be adjusted or done. God didn't say, now y'all just pray more and you'll come out of depression. Y'all just pray more and you'll, your health will spring forth speedily. No, he didn't mention prayer at all. He said, you guys, they probably have been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying, but they weren't walking in love. He said, you guys need to change. You, you're not treating people right. You employers are not treating your employees right. You people are not treating each other right. And God said, if you want your health to spring forth speedily and you want your darkness to become as noonday, you know, no more grayness, no more depression, then you better start thinking more about treating other people right because it's not going to happen if you pray again. You're going to get free if you bring the poor that are cast out into your house. Don't exact more labor on people than is just and be fair in your employ. Don't point the finger and don't be in strife and don't all this stuff. He says, if you do that, that stuff, your health will spring forth speedily and your darkness will become as noonday. Your light will break forth as the morning. Depression will leave. Healing will come on the scene quickly if you walk in love. Um, turn with me. This, this is going to be a little interesting here, but I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah 1. Now, do y'all remember the scripture that says, God is love? Y'all remember that? God is love. Can anybody agree with me that God is 100% successful? I mean, can you picture God failing at anything? No. He, he doesn't fail at anything. Well, he was a Lucifer rebelled and a lot of people don't love God. That's not God failing. That's people failing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so just to think about this. We, God's 100% successful, right? Everybody Jesus ministered to got results. Everybody. Okay, so God's, God's 100% successful in everything he's ever done or everything he'll ever do. And the same Bible says God is love. Hmm. Wonder if there's a connection between God is love and God is 100% successful. Well, love never fails. If we want what we're doing to succeed, we need to be not just doing the right thing. We need to be doing it with the right motive. <coughs> a lot of people change outward stuff when the outward stuff was fine. It was godly. It was right. But it wasn't working. And the first thing they think is, oh, got to move. Oh, got to go to a new church. Oh, got to get a new job. Oh, got to get a new spouse. Not realizing, no, 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 no. It could have been totally the right. But the love wasn't there and it didn't and it failed. Not because it was a wrong move, but because there was a wrong motive. How many know it can be the right move, wrong motive and fail? But all, a lot of times people, well, I tried tithing and it didn't work. Did you tithe because you loved or did you tithe because somebody said you had to? Or did you tithe because you wanted the blessings? And that was the number one reason. Well, see, and they say, well, I knew that tithing didn't work. Maybe, maybe what you're, well, in tithing, what you're doing was right, but maybe you weren't doing it for the right reason. We need to slow down if something's not working that we really believe is something we should be doing, whether it's a career or tithing or anything. If we know it's right, don't be thinking about doing something different than that. Now, keep doing the right thing. Just make sure you're doing it with a right heart. Because you can do something that's good 
and not do it in love and you have no guarantee that it, that it won't fail. But what if you're doing it in love? What if you're doing it because you love? Well, then what you're doing won't fail. If you're doing it because you love, then what you're doing won't fail. God said it wouldn't fail. He's not just generically saying love never fails, love never fails. He's saying whatever you do in love will succeed. Truly succeed, not just bring more money in. That's a part of it. But actually enjoy your vacation when you do go and not some great cloud following you everywhere you go. I got the money, but the cloud keeps following me around. I'm under the palm tree, but I'm still missing something. Something's gray. Something's wrong. There's a lot more to success than money. It's a part of it. But when you do things in love, you get the prosperity. You get the contentment. You get the peace. You get the rest. You get the joy. You get the peace that passes understanding. All right. So Isaiah chapter one. Did you turn there? Look at verse 19. Isaiah 119, if you be willing and obedient, two things there, you shall eat the good of the land. So other translations say if you're willing and obedient, you'll use up the best that the land can produce. These are things that, that these other translations will bring out. That may not be the exact wording, but I've read many other translations of this verse. And what he's talking about here is if you're willing, number one, and obedient, number two, the good things of this earth will be attracted into your life. Certain spiritual laws go into effect. And you'll not just have as an inheritance, you're going to eat it. You're going to partake of it. Not just have it on a piece of paper, not just have it as your legal right, but you're actually going to be able to grab onto it and, and see it in your life. And, and I, th I think of that one translation where it talks about you'll eat the best of the land. You'll, you'll use up or the best of the land. I started thinking one day, what's, what's the best car I can think of? Cars come from the earth, you know. They didn't come from outer space. They come from the elements in the earth. I started thinking, what, what's, what's the best car I can think of? Hmm. A Rolls Royce is pretty nice. <laughs> Might as well get a driver while we're at it, right? They need, they need income too. Right? <laughs> if I'm going to have a Rolls Royce and a chauffeur, then I'm going to be in the back praying in tongues for the chauffeur. <laughs> I mean, you think, what, what if your kid was a chauffeur and nobody wanted to use him? Kind of changes your outlook, huh? You don't need no chauffeur, but the chauffeur needs a job. They got a calling and a gift. Yeah. Say that again. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you, you think, okay, what, what's the best means of transportation? Well, a nice Gulfstream 10 would be nice. A $50 million plane, right? Take you to Paris from Aspen in one shot. Well, he said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. I want to say something here. It's a little bit of a side journey, but I want, I want you to hear this in light of what's going on right now in our country. I was praying, like I said, in, in the, the, the deep jungles of Utah. <laughs> actually, actually, it's a beautiful desert. Just some friends of ours invited us out there. We were able to go there for two and a half, three days. Absolutely refreshing and wonderful. It was way off the grid. I mean, we're talking way off the grid. 
beautiful rock formations and just creeks and oh, it was wonderful. So anyway, I'm, I'm there praying this morning a little bit about the service tonight. And the Lord said, son, because I was thinking about what's going on right now in, in the, the, the with the election and the presidency and, and all that. And I felt like the Lord said, because see, I was feeling a little uneasy about it all again. But when I started praying in tongues and read my chapter, the uneasiness left. You know, we're not just supposed to pray and read our chapters because we're doing our duty. It will make you feel better. Yes. Okay, guys, it will make you feel better. And so I was praying and seeking the Lord. And the Lord says, son, I want you to think about something. And I thought I had a Keith Moore message going. And, and he, I think he was talking about th this very subject, Willing and Obedient, I think is the name of the series. And I was listening to it. And the Lord said, son, did you see that? Did you see that? He didn't say you'll eat the good of the land if all elections go like they're supposed to. He said, you'll eat the good of the land if you do something and I believe things are going to be fixed. I believe, you know, truth will come out. And you know, if the truth comes out and everything's different than what I thought, I don't care. I still want the truth. Yeah. I just want the truth. I think everybody should want the truth. I think the Republicans should want the truth. I think the Democrats should want the truth. We should all want the truth. And hey, if the truth is it went the other way than we thought, let it go that way. I just want the truth. God can't bless fake and lies. He can bless truth. And so I was thinking, now wait a second. I am promised by God who cannot lie, that I will eat the good of the land if I'm willing and obedient, not if somebody else is willing and obedient. Yeah. The whole world could go crazy. I mean, communism could try to set in tomorrow. I mean, they may be knocking on our door. But you know what? I am promised by God that that junk will not affect me eating the good of the land if I'm willing and obedient. I thought, wait a second, why would I be afraid of what somebody else can do to me when I'm in control if I eat the good of the land or not? I, mean, I could see God's protection rising up like an invisible shield. I could see whatever has to happen, angels dispatched, whatever has to happen, supernatural favor. If I'm willing and I'm obedient, God promised me I'd eat the good of the land. And if somebody being elected that I didn't vote for gets in and some kind of craziness starts happening, is that going to override God's word to me? Is that going to override his word to me? He might have to make a few adjustments around me with angels, but it's, he's not going to break his word to me. That gave me great peace. I'm going to eat the good of the land if I'm obedient, willing and obedient, no matter who's in office. I believe the right person will be on office. I believe people are going to stand and see the truth. But let's say that the person I didn't want, I'm still going to eat the good of the land because God didn't lie. Amen. I'm going to eat and use up the best of the land, no matter what happens to our economy, no matter what happens to anything. I'm going to eat the good of the land because I'm willing and obedient. And, and the reason I wanted to bring that out is because the commandment that sums up so many other uh, words from God to us is love. Willing and obedient has a lot to do with walking in love every day of our life, which has everything in the word to do with suffering long and being kind at the same time, not envying, not vaunting ourselves, not being selfish, not thinking wrong about other people, not harboring wrong thoughts, right? And so I got to thinking about this. You know what? God's going to take care of us if we do what he told us to do, not if everybody else does what they're supposed to do. 
This will give you peace. It'll take pressure off people. It'll keep you from rioting. Right? I mean, why riot if it's up to you how your life is? Why riot if it's up to you how your life is? It's just a, nothing but a lack of faith. God will take care of me if I'm doing what he told me to do. Not everybody else is doing what they're supposed to be doing. I'm going to be taken care of if I'm doing what he wants me to do. And that's where I think Psalm 91 comes in. David's King David said, when it comes to pestilence and war and arrows flying by day and terror by night, he said, in those times of craziness in the nation, a thousand will fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. But it won't come near me. That's powerful. See, he, there was all kinds of crazy stuff happening. Plagues and arrows and bullets, or not bullets, but spears and whatever. Stuff wore all around. But David said, nope, can't get to me. A thousand are falling on my side. Ten thousand at my right hand, but it won't come near me. That's the attitude you can have when you know you're willing and obedient. And it's not about being perfect. It's about walking in the light you have. We're growing in, in light and we're going to know more and more and we're going to find there's areas that need tweaked as we go on. But when it comes to like intentional disobedience and, and rebellion, which is the opposite of willingness, that's, that's, that's when we need to repent, right? <laughs> Everything else, the blood of Jesus Christ takes care of. But when we violate light, we need to go, God, I messed up. I'm not going to hide this. It's wrong. I flaked. <laughs> I flaked. So, turn to Galatians 5, and we're just about done for tonight. Galatians chapter 5. Aren't you guys excited that you eating the good of the land and you walking in divine protection has more to do with your willingness and obedience to God than who's elected? And I'm not saying that. I'm not say I believe the right person is Donald Trump, personally. I, I do believe that. I could be wrong. Shine the light on all of us, please. Yeah. Right. Shine the light on all. Shine the light, God, on the Republicans. Shine the light on the Democrats. I am totally open to being corrected here. But as far as I can tell, he's for life. Yeah. Right? He's not for late-term abortion. He's against. He's going to turn that thing around if he gets elected again. And they're not going to be able to kill a baby once it's born. They're not going to be able to kill babies just because of convenience. Or they're at least not going to use tax dollars to do it. Now, if they want to do something, that's between them and God, right? And their kid. But um, I, I, I love what our president has done for Israel. I love what our president has done for the church. I love what he plans to do for the church. Um, I, I don't like supporting terrorist nations. I don't think it's wise. I don't think it's right to give billions of dollars away to people that have already proved they don't like us, even though a lot of them are great, and a lot of them are good, a lot of them are wonderful, a lot of them are fine. Some of them ain't so fine. And until we get some more things settled around, I, I don't know if I just want to pour billions of dollars like some other people do back into these areas. But, again, as long as we're all open for the light to shine on us, then I think everybody would be all right. But if it's like, no, you can't do that. No, you're not going to look for that. Why not? What do you got? To, what are you hiding? If there's nothing high, I'd say I think you'd open all the books. Open all the polls. Come on in. Yeah, look. I mean, I mean to resist that is to show you're guilty. Right. I mean, to resist somebody wanting to honestly see how things went, that shows us something, hiding something. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, a three-year-old can understand that. So, Galatians 5, and let's look at verse 6, and we'll close with this. We've read this scripture already in this series, but we're going back because we need to refresh. So, the Bible says, for in Christ Jesus, or in Jesus Christ, uh, circumcision doesn't avail or, or profit us anything, nor uncircumcision. But here's what's going to get you somewhere. Faith, which works by love. Now, this is one of the reasons we're studying this for six weeks. And I, I was almost going to go to something else, but the Lord said, you're not done, man. You guys didn't get this in your blood yet. <laughs> he said, no, you, 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 guys, you guys have to make some life-changing, uh, you have to make some life-saving changes in your life because everyone can grow in love. And I see the devil right now trying to divide the country, trying to divide the church, because he knows what Jesus said is true. A kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. A house divided against itself will not stand. It will fall. And the devil, I mean, he's the author of division. The Bible says Satan and a third of the angels left their first estate. And now they've been reserved under and chained under everlasting darkness until the great day. And so this scripture, Galatians 5, 6, says that faith works by love. I guess we could say faith don't work without love. And that's why you can have faith to move mountains if I don't have love. Ain't really any mountains going to move. The devil knows that uh, love is the activating ingredient to so many other things in our life that we need. So, yeah, he can fight prayer. Yes, he can fight this. Yes, he can fight that. Yes, he can fight faith. And he does. But I think the number one thing he fights is the thing that makes everything else work. Why not hit that and you get all the other stuff? I don't have to fight faith and prayer and this and that. If I just get them violating love, faith won't work, prayer won't work, other things won't work. It won't work. Well, the devil, you know, he, he knows this. And this is why he wants the church in such disagreement that some people won't even come to church because they heard something. I mean, I, I, I'm, it's amazing to me how many church people are boldly adamant about stuff they have zero scripture for. It's like, where, how can you be so bold and adamant about something and say, oh, this is the way it is, this is what I believe. Give me a couple of scriptures out of the New Testament. Well, no, but the Constitution says, or, or something else says, and I respect the Constitution, but it's not the Bible. <laughs> can I get a witness? So, I see him right now doing his best to get believers offended at the masks or the no masks, offended at who you voted for, who you didn't vote for. I respect everybody. I mean, I could, we could be wrong. We'll see, right? If God shines the light, things go well, we'll see. I'll flow. I'll go with truth. I hope everybody else does too. But I see the devil right now trying his best to get believers in division, offended at others, 
making, you know, it's interesting because when things like this happen, you kind of see where people are at. Not that we want to judge, but you just kind of see where you're at. The, here's a very interesting scripture. You ready? First Corinthians 11. It says, he said, Paul said, um, how did he say it? In first Corinthians 11, I don't want to have to turn there for time's sake. He said, Something about, I hear that there be divisions among you. I partly believe it. He said, he said, for there must be strife and divisions. Or he said, heresy. there must be heresies among you so that they that are approved may be made manifest. There must be heresies among you that they that are approved might be manifest. Interesting. And a lot of times when things like this happen, you can kind of see, you know, who's, who's who, where, where we're at in this, because heresies are very interesting things. It does weird things to people. But here's my punchline before we close. You ready? Satan is always trying to get Christians to violate love so their faith won't work next time he attacks. Faith works by love. Satan is constantly trying to get believers to violate love, talk bad about, ponder wrong thoughts about, get mad about, get decisive about, I mean, believe what you want to believe and believe it strong, but don't cut other people down because of what you believe. We're all going to see how it's going to pan out, right? I mean, one day for sure we're going to get an aerial view of the whole thing. We'll see what was right and what was not right. I happen to feel I'm right. And if you happen to feel you're right, that's great. We'll find out. We'll see. But to fight would be to violate love and, and to, to get offended, to... I mean, I, I thought it was very interesting that listening to Go Victory Network that there's some people, I guess, that are mad at those that have prophesied that Trump was going to win the election. And they're kind of like persecuting the prophets of God. Well, you're a false prophet. It didn't come to pass. And what the people need to realize is you're supposed to be for each other. Yeah. Have you? Have, <laughs> I don't believe they missed it, but have you ever missed it? Yeah, but they're prophets and they shouldn't be prophesying something if it didn't come to pass. What if it's just a warfare and a battle and we need to wage war with these prophecies? Yeah. Prophecies aren't just supposed to be spoken and us wait as believers to see if it's going to happen. No, the Bible, Paul told Timothy, war, a good warfare with the prophecies that came on you. That's not just kicking back and seeing if the prophet was right. We're supposed to take a prophecy and use it. And fight with it and declare when it looks like we've lost that we won. Yeah. Amen. I just, I declare the man of God is the one that's going to be in that office for the next four years. As far as I can tell, it's the one I voted for. And I could be wrong, but I don't believe I am. And I declare victory for the righteous in this nation. The news media is going to declare its thing. I declare victory in our country. A righteous man will be in the presidency of the United States of America. And the people will rejoice. But if the wicked bill rule, the people will mourn, saith the Lord. I'm going to declare it. 
Say, well, I can't believe the media declared that. Why do we declare? We're the body of Christ. They're just news people. Why don't we declare? Why don't we, like the song, I thought it was very apropos that Dominic felt led to sing prophesy tonight. Yeah. I prophesy the righteous man will be in authority. Lies will be exposed. Yes. And the nation will rejoice because of it, not mourn. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.